Welcome to the Chuckle Flux Podcast. Today I have a good friend of mine, Cody, a.k.a. Soldier Boy Django, come to us with a pretty interesting deck tech. Uh, why don't you tell us about this deck? Yeah, uh, so this deck, I like to call it Tainted Control, uh, was originally made with the sole purpose of just annoying the shit out of you, which, you know, I think it did very well. Uh, the whole idea about it was just, I want to gain my opponent as much life as I can with no win counts. Which is one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. Yeah, and you know, that was the exact intent. But then, I went to bed that night, and actually had a dream, and in that dream, came to me the card Tainted Remedy. Okay, and what, is, uh, what does Tainted Remedy do? Tainted Remedy is a nice enchantment. Uh, it costs two and a black to play. That says, if your opponent would gain life... They instead lose that much life. So you've what you've made is a backwards burn deck. Yes, it's extremely backwards burn. So, Cody, why don't you tell us what cards are in the deck? Yeah, so I've got uh, seven enchantments in the deck. We're going to start off with, you know, the poster boy, Tainted Remedy. Got four of those, need all of them. Just as soon as possible, turn three if you can. It seems like the most important card in the deck, considering the rest of the things that I'm looking at here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it very much needs uh, to be there. Now, on the unfortunate chance that you can't get Tainted Remedy, we do have Aria of Flame. Aria of Flame, for those of you that don't know, is another enchantment. Also costs three, but this one is two and a red. And when it enters the battlefield, gains your opponent ten life. Which, normally, kind of stinky, but sometimes it just says your opponent loses ten life. But then... Also has the added text below it that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a charge counter on it, yep. and then deal that much damage to uh, your. Well, you have to any you, target. It is any target, if I recall correctly. But you must deal that much damage. So yes. if your opponent has a leyline of sanctity in play, you're in a lot of trouble, aren't you? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's keep going. What uh, what creatures are you running this deck? Uh, I have exactly one creature in this deck. Uh, I run four of them. They are Wall of Shards. Wall of Shards Yeah, is... please tell me what Wall of Shards <laughs> does, because I don't know what Wall of Shards does. Uh, it is a two-mana 1-8 mm -hmm. uh, with Defender and Flying. Okay. It says, Cumulative Upkeep, your opponent gains a life. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> oh, so, man. you know, really big ass, uh, really difficult to deal with. People don't like to attack into it. And yeah. when you have the Tainted Remedy, it just really hurts your opponent. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually lost to the Wall of Shards without the Tainted Remedy on the board, because I can't... You, it's very hard to get through a 1-8. It's pretty hard to get... You may be gaining life, but getting through a 1-8, pretty pretty rough. Yeah. It does buy you some, a lot of time. It's a good defender. It's a, it's a Fantastic. good... It's a good creature to have out on the board. So, what else you got in this deck? Uh, aside from that, I've got some sorceries. I have one dread boar, just for the off chance I see a Teferi, which, you know, that would never happen in this format. Yeah, Teferi, Oko. Oko, also, yeah. Uh, any other planeswalkers, yeah. or any other weird creatures I don't want to deal with. Uh, we also have Oust to deal with creatures. Oust is a poor man's swords, but, uh, it does work in this deck. Uh, instead of exiling, though, it does tuck them underneath the library, which is very nice for cards that like to die. Uh, and it also gains the opponent three life, or, <laughs> if you have Tainted Remedy, it just makes them lose three life. So you have a, a card that is Lightning Bolt, but better? Lightning and Bolt? if you have the Tainted Remedy out. Yes, if you have okay. the Tainted Remedy. And even if you don't have the Tainted Remedy out, it's a decent way to deal with things. It's not a problem to actually just play. I have four of those on the deck. 
Uh, the last sorcerer that I have is Fiery Justice. Yeah, I see one copy of Fiery Justice here. That's a... Like, this deck looks like it's Mardu, but that card's green. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this card costs uh, Naya to play, and it's a sorcery, and it says, deal five damage to any target, or up to five damage to any targets. Yeah, you divide five You damage. can divide yeah. it as, as I remember much as playing with this card a little bit, and then yeah. they gave five life. And then they gain five life. So you want to deal five to things and then make them gain five. That's... <laughs> All right. Or All right. deal five to things and make them lose five. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I like it. So I see the Dread War here, and I'm realizing that it seems like it's pretty good at dealing with three mana Teferi and Oko, like I said earlier. Oh yeah, very important. Almost necessary, actually. Because, uh, you know, wanting to deal with them as quickly as possible. I've also, like, you see you have a lot of instants. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of instants here. Yeah. So if they bust out the uh, the three mana Teferi and they, they tell you to go slow, you're pretty sad about that, aren't you? I mean... A little bit, but all my instants I can play at sorcery speed without being too upset. Uh, I used to run some other instants that made me much more upset. Uh, that required them to be like on my opponent's turn, but now all of these, you know, I can I can do these on my turn if I choose to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm, the most upset. Th in this list of instants. I'm not seeing. I, I did recommend to you some cards. I'm not seeing some of them here that would probably be pretty bad against the fairy. Yeah. Um, Blessed Alliance. Yeah. Not good against the fairy decks. No. Even though those decks aren't usually attacking very much, you still. You know, it, it, it is countered by Teferi pretty high. Yeah. So what, what other instants are you running this deck? Well, this is a burn this is a burn deck. And so, you know, any burn deck worth its salt needs four lightning bolts and four lightning helixes. I think any deck worth its salt probably needs four lightning I mean, bolts. yeah, if you're red, four lightning bolts is probably a good thing to have. And then the four lightning helixes, just to back it up, uh, it does also gain me life. So, you know... It fits with the theme of the deck? Yeah. Of gaining life? Okay. And then we got the three fatal pushes, because push is just fantastic. Yeah, I don't even run Tarmogoyf anymore, because fatal push makes Tarmogoyf big sad. It makes it very, very sad. Yeah. It makes everything very, very sad. So I'm sad. seeing a card here that I don't see very often. Devour Flesh? Yeah, so Devour Flesh <laughs> is an instant. Uh, it's one in a black that says target... Uh, player sacrifices a creature and then edict. gains life equal to its toughness. It's an edict that they gain life. I remember playing <laughs> that card uh, in Mardu Knights when I first learned how to play Magic. When somebody handed me an unsleeved pile of cards and said, Here, this is how you play Magic. Yeah, that's about where I would expect most people to see Devour Flesh in. It's not really played. Uh, because, you know, having your opponent choose what creature to sack is not that great. And then having them gain life to their toughness, also not that great. However... If I don't care what creature you, that you sack, just that you sack a creature, and then if you lose life equal to their toughness for two mana at instant speed... It's pretty good. I like it. And I then, like it. Uh, sometimes I don't have the Tainted Remedy. Sometimes I'm doing bad. Uh, but I do have a Wall of Shards. There have been many times where I target myself with Devour Flesh and sacrifice my Wall of Shards to gain myself <laughs> eight life. Uh, oh, that's so cute. Okay. <laughs> All right, and I'm seeing a copy of Wear Tear. Is that, like, the card that you just kind of fill out your deck? There's one copy, and I know a lot of people like to run one copy of Wear Tear at a sideboard or in the main deck sometimes. Is that kind of where that is? Yeah, that's kind of mostly where that it is. It just deals with problems. It deals with problems that I need to deal with. And I'm seeing two copies of this card here. Yeah, so Beacon of Immortality. This is... Uh, this is the card. So, if you don't have Tainted Remedy, you know, it's just a six mana double your life total. Which, don't get me wrong... Doubling your life total saves your ass sometimes. I can imagine. But it but does getting... say target player gains their life total. And if you have Tainted Remedy out, that mm. just means your opponent loses. 
Okay. Yeah, it it sure does because when your opponent when you gain life equal to your life total, you're physically gaining life. Yeah. Like it it doesn't doesn't double your life total. Yeah, it doesn't you gain life to equal to your life total. Exactly. Is the way it works. Okay. And so it's just a six mana instant speed win the game at that point. Alright, here's a question. The card says win the game, essentially. Yes. Why aren't you running four? Uh quite frankly, I don't know what to cut for it. Is that your reasoning? And mm -hmm. I don't think I don't, and I don't know if it's necessarily important to have four. It does cost six mana. I can't get a lot it out of mana. at the early game. It is a lot of mana. And generally, I only need to cast it once. Okay. All right. So I, I, these are the these are the main cards in the deck, and I'm I literally only see one green card in Fiery Justice. So let's let's take a look at your mana base. Yeah. Your mana base. I see one Temple Garden to help you cast that Fiery Justice. I see one Stomping Ground to help you cast that Fiery Justice, and three City of Brass. That's pretty cool. But yeah. then, I see four copies of this land right here. I don't see this land in modern all that often. Grove of the Burn Willows? Yeah, so Grove of the Burn Willows, it can tap for colorless, or you can tap it for a green or a red, and have your opponent gain a life. Now, normally that would be <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call it terrible. I mean, I've played it a lot in Legacy. I, mean, I, I, like, punish, I like Grove of the Burn Willows with Punishing Fires as much as the next gen player. Yeah, Legacy. but that's Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> This is, it's different. I mean, Punishing Fire is not legal in Modern. I wish it was. Yeah. Uh, this is why. <laughs> and so now here, it's just a land that just taps for a green or a red and drains your opponent a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I remember you telling me, hey, I want to run Grove, and I'm just like, all right, why? Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is fine. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. And even though, like, in, in the main board, there's only one card that's green, it doesn't matter. Still a good card to have. So, this deck, as I can assume, usually wins with either the Aria Flame or the Tainted Remedies. Yes. But what happens if you said it's a burn deck? But this deck is called Tainted Control. Like, what's your reach that gives you the the right to call yourself a control deck? Is it your removal? Uh, yeah, I remove all threats that I can possibly see. There, uh, most of the time, I have more removal than my opponent has threats. Uh, the the games that I play tend to go much through turn seven, eight, maybe even nine. Okay, that seems that seems like a pretty reasonable like length of game, especially for a deck that's running lightning helix and lightning bolt and isn't blue. Yes. Uh, what makes you think that you would play this deck over a deck like I know it's not that great in the format right now because they've gotten rid of faithless Eden, but Mardu Pyromancer. Uh. Is it like, is just the deck is sweeter? Or do you, do you think that this deck has uh, a good, a good range, like good game against the field? I don't know, I think that this deck genuinely has a good game against the field. It's nice. I, you know, your opponents have creatures and then they don't have creatures. And even if they're gaining life for losing those creatures, they're not going to be gaining life for too long. Okay, so describe your matchups. Like, let's say, let's say you're going up against Tron. What's, uh, what's it looking like for you? So Tron is the deck that I have the most amount of practice with, uh, seeing as someone in my friend group actually plays Tron a lot. It's me. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, but Tron, I do, in the main board, game one, I lose most of the time. It's not guaranteed loss, but there are some surprising things in there that you don't think about. What is one card, one creature card that Tron loves to play? Uh, the Worm Coil Engine. They the love Worm their... Coil Engine. Do you know that now they're running only two Worm Coil Engines? 
They're not running a full four. But did you know that that card still says lifelink on it? Yeah, that card... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah. It says it does say lifelink on it. <laughs> Who wants to play a card where when you attack your opponent, you also take the damage? Yeah, I would be taking... I will take six to make them lose six. Yeah. And then what's the requirement for Worm Coil Engine turning into two other worms? It has to die. Yeah. You, I oh. like to tuck things. Oh, yeah, you tuck things. All right. And I'm also seeing some good... Some interesting sideboard cards. Yes. We didn't talk about your sideboard. Yes, but. Uh, Sideboard is what makes this deck really nice against Tron. Uh, after I sideboard, I have a much better ability to deal with Tron. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm seeing two abrades. Yes. I do like two abrades. Abrade is always fantastic. Celestial Purge doesn't come in in this matchup, but yeah. I am I am a big fan of one Celestial Purge. Huge fan of one Celestial Purge. Celestial Purge. Great. Oh, I love this card. Chandra Awaken Inferno. Do you... We'll get to that in a second. We'll yeah, get we'll get that. that in a second. Two ensnaring bridges. Ooh, yes, I like these cards. Four nature's claim. Nature's claim. Yes, you're running. Okay. Nature's claim is the other green cards that I'm running. Uh, nature's claim, for those of you that don't know, is a one mana instant, just green, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Its controller gains four life. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> that's really cute. I like that. That's so cute. So you bring it in against like Tron decks and. It's one mana, you can you can blow up a map early. Can you blow can blow up their O-Stone if I need to. You can blow up an O-Stone. I like that. Okay, so you can just destroy a thing, and they lose four life sometimes. I yeah. like that. And then, I feel like them gaining four life to blow up an important thing is not a big deal if no. you don't have the Tainted Remedy. Oh yeah, no, it's still a good card. I play know. Nature's Claim without Tainted Remedy. I have a lot of Nature's people. Claim without Tainted Remedy. <laughs> yes. Uh, one now, Spellbomb, Graveyard nice. Hate. You gotta have it, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's this? What's this uh, card here? That is Rectos Charm. I have three Rectos Charms on the sideboard. Uh, in my opinion, better than K-Command. Okay. So Rectos Charm has uh, three modes to it. First mode. Aha. Uh -huh. Exiles a graveyard. Very nice. Efficient. Deals with threats. Second mode. Destroys an artifact. Okay. Very nice. Deals with threats. Yeah. And the third mode... So, Cody, why don't you tell us what cards are in the deck? Yeah, so, i uh, got uh, seven enchantments in the deck. We're going to start off with, you know, the poster boy, Tainted Remedy. Got four of those, need all of them, just as soon as possible, turn three if you can. It seems like the most important card in the deck, considering the rest of the things that I'm looking at here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it very much needs uh, to be there. Now, on the unfortunate chance that you can't get Tainted Remedy, we do have Aria of Flame. Aria Flame, for those of you that don't know, is another enchantment. Also costs three, but this one is two and a red. And when it enters the battlefield, gains your opponent ten life. Which, normally, kinda stinky. But sometimes it just says your opponent loses ten life. But then, also has the added text below it that says, Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a charge counter on it. Yep. And then deal that much damage to, uh... Your... Well, you have to... Any target? It is any target if I recall correctly, but you must deal that much damage. So, yes. if your opponent has a Leyline of Sanctity in play, you're in a lot of trouble, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, alright. Well, let's keep going. What, uh, what creatures are you running this deck? Uh, I have exactly one creature in this deck. Uh, I run four of them. They are Wall of Shards. Wall of Shards Yeah, is... please tell me what Wall of Shards <laughs> does, because I don't know what Wall of Shards does. Uh, it is a two-mana 1-8 mm -hmm. uh, with Defender and Flying. Okay. That says, cumulative upkeep, your opponent gains a life. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, man. you know, really big ass, 
uh, really difficult to deal with. People don't like to attack into it. And yeah. when you have the Tainted Remedy, it just really hurts your opponent. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually lost to the Wall of Shards without the Tainted Remedy on the board, because I can't. You, it's very hard to get through a 1-8. It's pretty hard to get... You may be gaining life, but getting through a 1-8, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. It does buy you some, a lot of time. It's a good defender. It's a, it's a good... Fantastic. It's a good creature to have out on the board. So, what else you got in this deck? Uh, aside from that, I've got some sorceries. I have one Dread Boar, just for the off chance I see a Teferi, which, you know, that would never happen in this format. Yeah, Teferi, Oko. Oko, also, yeah. Uh, any other Planeswalkers, yeah. or any other weird creatures I don't want to deal with. Uh, we also have Oust to deal with creatures. Oust is a poor man's swords, but uh, it does work in this deck. Uh, instead of exiling, though, it does tuck them underneath the library, which is very nice for cards that like to die. Uh, and it also gains the opponent through life, or <laughs> if you have Tainted Remedy, it just makes them lose three life. So you have a, a card that is Lightning Bolt, but better? Lightning and Bolt? If you have the Tainted but, Remedy out. Yes, if you have okay. Tainted Remedy. And even if you don't have the Tainted Remedy out, it's a decent way to deal with things. It's not a problem to actually just play. I have four of those on the deck. Uh, the last sorcerer that I have is Fiery Justice. Yeah, I see one copy of Fiery Justice here. That's a... Like, this deck looks like it's Mardu, but that card's green. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this card costs uh, Naya to play, and it's a sorcery, and it says, deal five damage to any target, or up to five damage to any targets. Yeah, you divide five you damage. You can divide yeah. it as, as I remember playing well. with this card a little bit, and then they yeah. gave five life. And then they gained five life. So you want to deal five to things and then make them gain five. That's... <laughs> All right. Or All right. deal five to things and make them lose five. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like it. This is my favorite mode. Doesn't come in too often, but when it comes in, it really, really matters. Is each creature deals damage to its controller. Or each creature deals one damage to its controller. Each creature does one damage to its controller. Each creature deals is that one how damage you beat? to its controller. I, was, I didn't really get to see this match, but I saw the other day you were playing uh, against Blue White Tron, and they made a bunch of birds or something like yeah. that. Is that how you killed them? Yeah. Because I saw 12 birds on the board, and the guy's like, all right, I lose. Yeah. So what happened there was at the end of my turn, they decided to make a whole bunch of birds. And I happened to have a bunch of mana open, and I had two Rectos Charms. Oh, so there are 12 birds that they had made. Yes. Turned into 24 damage for you. Turned into 24 damage straight to their face, which they just tapped out for. Oh. Okay, that seems pretty good. I mean, you're, the times that you're, not, that you're using the Rakdos Charm for that mode, doesn't like you said, doesn't come up too often, but I can see how it has a Shatter. It's a red-black for a Shatter. Uh, and it also has the ability to exile a Grave. It's more, more Grave Hate. I'm thinking that this card... I'm a big... I, I do like this card. I don't know if it's better than K-Command, but it does cost one less than K-Command. And it's a lot less money than K-Command. I, I do think that Rakdos Charm does have a place against Urza decks. Oh, it's fantastic against Urza decks. Literally everything that it does. Yeah, every mode of that hurts Urza decks. Because Urza decks, they, they run artifacts, so you can shatter their artifacts. They also play from the grave, exile their graveyard. And when Urza decks are winning, some of them are just making a bunch of creatures to kill you with. Yes. And that... That seems like a good way to combat that, too. And fun fact, I have not lost post-board to an Urza deck. Okay. I'm pretty impressed. Uh, that the, comes down to not only the Rakdos Charms, but the Ensnaring Bridges and the Chandras. Yeah. Chandra. Chandra Awaken Inferno seems like it's a very, very good card against control. It is so good against control. She takes I mean, up to eight, and even if they remove her, there's an emblem stuck on them. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, 
Chandra Awakened Inferno. Uh, six mana uh, Planeswalker. Four red, red to cast. Uh, can't be countered. That's the important part. Those three words. Huge. I play this card in Legacy. It's six mana. I'm playing this in Legacy. Can't be countered is the reason why. It's so good. And then, plus two, to give your opponent an emblem that says at the beginning of their upkeep, they take a damage. Yeah, they you emblem on a plus, and she ticks up to eight. Yeah. Her minus, if I recall correctly, she deals X damage. She, uh, she minuses X to deal X damage to each non-elemental creature. Yes. Okay, so she's kind of like your you can you can call it like an anger of the gods or a volcanic fallout. Exactly. It's more it's more akin to a volcanic fallout, in fact. Yes. All right. Except it's not instant speed, but whatever. But they can't respond to it anyway because it can't be countered. Yeah. Ensnaring bridge. Ensnaring bridge is a card that you know I am a huge fan of. Yes. So you. Do you bring this in in the creature matchups? Yeah, oh, yeah. All the time against the creature matchups. Uh, I don't know if uh, you realize this, but I don't. I, this deck list doesn't have too much draw. No. Uh, you are pretty empty-handed a lot of the time. Yes. I just top decking a lot, which is great for ensnaring bridge. I think the Nile Spellbomb is the only card in your deck that says draw a card. Uh, no, I do have a land that says draw a card. Si I have two silent clearings. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Cantrip lands. Yeah. So, uh... You did it. I did it. You did it. You got me. <laughs> so, let me ask you a question. You you called yourself a control deck, but you also called yourself a burn deck, right? Yeah. When you go up against another burn deck, what is uh, what is that looking like? Are you are you slower or faster than they are? Oh man, I'm so happy when I go up against a burn deck. I have not lost against a burn deck, and that's pre-board. Just they just can't deal with the stuff that I do because I have too much life gain. You have four main deck lightning helixes, and that sure does hurt. But if not only that, I have my beacons. I can sacrifice my own things to gain myself life. I just put myself way too far out of there. So you, what you start doing is you start re removing things. You start playing the game on yourself. Is that what you're doing? Yes. All right. And then once we're both at a point where we're both top decking, my top decks end up being better. Yeah, I call. I've said many times that burn is not an aggro deck. Burn is a combo deck where you're trying to deal twenty damage to your opponent with the number of cards in your hand, right? Yeah. Like you're just trying to get you're trying to get seven lightning bolts out on the field. Sometimes less because of the nature of fetching and shocking. Yes. So, you're trying to, you disrupt their combo by giving yourself more life. It seems like you've done a fair amount of testing. I've seen I've seen a little bit of online play oh, with yeah. this deck. I play on untap a, a lot with this deck. Yeah. Just going and seeing what I can be. I'd like to take it on a moto sometime. That would be fun. I'd, I'd love to take it on a moto. Um, I might do that sometime in the near future, actually. So, in your in your gameplay of this deck, what would you say is like the best moment of this deck? Uh, well, the moment that sticks out for me is I was playing against a different uh, blue-white Tron deck, actually, and they had played that same birds card, except it was on their turn. And they were all happy with it. They had, like, a good, like, seven to ten birds on the field. And they were really looking at my Chandra's face. They were tired of getting, you know, hurt every turn. So what I did, like any sensible person, is I used Chandra to burn out all of his things. And then I played another Chandra to oh. give him another emblem. Oh, okay, so you, you doubled up on Chandra's. Like I said, I love that card. Uh, and it's awesome against Blue-White Tron. You don't see Blue-White Tron very often these days. No. It's very uncommon. Um, but it's they can't syncopate you. They can't do any of that stuff. No. They're just big sad. Yeah, they okay. look at it, and they just 
they're very sad against it. Okay. I do, I, I do like, you know me, I love that pick. I love the, the Chandra edition, the sideboard. Chandra tends to be one of the cards that I bring into the board most of the time. I can see that happening. The Celestial Purge, that's destroy, target, red or black permanent at yeah. instant speed? Okay. Yeah. It comes in a lot. But, uh, I mean, red or black is a pretty, it's a pretty wide range that you're dealing with there, man. <laughs> I, I, really I really appreciate the deck tech, Cody. Uh, <laughs> this deck looks like something that I'm going to need to be playing at we'll my next event. playing against it. I will definitely be playing against it, but I definitely need to be playing this online at, on most of my events. Uh, speaking of magic events, have you paid attention to Magic Fest Brisbane? I was about to call it GP Brisbane, but they're not GPs anymore. No, they're legally not GPs anymore. They're Magic Fests. Have you, did you check out GP Brisbane? A little bit. You know, I, I was, I don't really care much for the Jeskai Fires decks that are taking over everything, but there were a couple decks over there that caught my eye a bit. Yeah, this event was actually won by Jeskai Fires by uh, Kyle Gibson? Is that yes. how you say it? Yes, yeah, that seems like how you say it. Um, there were how many how many Jeskai Fires decks in the top uh, eight? There five. Were, there were five Fires decks, four Jeskai Fires decks yes. in the top eight. Let me, but the the eighth place deck is the one that I really want to talk about right now yeah. because that's five color fires by Nathan Baser. Yeah, I'm so sorry this is technically still that. a fires deck, but it's uh, it's not just the Jeskai. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not Jeskai. So we got four Teferi Time Ravelers, which. Like I said, big annoying, but big awesome. I love Teferi as a Planeswalker. I love 5-mana Teferi. I love 6-mana Teferi. Mono blue, 6-mana Teferi. Uh, and I love 3-mana Teferi. They're all amazing. And I don't what care what anybody says. Planeswalker deck Teferi? Uh, you know what? I'll play the Planeswalker deck Teferi. You, you, really? You do that? I'll play it. Okay. I'm more than happy. Play 16 Teferi. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to play 16 Teferi. I yeah. love them. Uh, what do we got here? Agent of Treachery. 7-mana, 2-3. So, at that 11 mana cost, gotta be good. Gain control of target permanent, and at the end step, if you control three or more permanents you don't own, draw three cards. Okay. Yeah, it's a fires deck, so you really aren't, you're not casting this for full price, right? No, but you still need to have seven lands. Yeah, but you're only two, though. And this looks like a pretty, pretty big mana control deck from what I'm looking at. We've got three beanstalk giants here. Also seven mana. Yeah, but it's only three mana to look for the land and put it onto the battlefield. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just whole ass onto the battlefield, not tapped. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it isn't tapped. You're right. See? Card's better now. And then we have four of everyone's favorite legendary creature, Golos, Tireless Pilgrim. Do you know that right now, Golos is one of the best Brawl decks? I don't believe you. It is one of the best Brawl decks right now, because in Standard, uh, you still have Field of Dead in Brawl. And so they're just like, look, my commander, it is Golos. And the Golos goes and finds your Singleton Field of the Dead. Or it goes and finds your Singleton of your other lands that you can only run Singletons of. Yes, that makes sense. Because it's Brawl. How does that sound to you? Does that sound like a fun okay, experience? Okay, it sounds slightly better then. <laughs> does it sound like a fun experience to you, though? For who? <laughs> um, for the person playing the deck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good thing to play against, does it? I've never really gotten into the Brawl experience, though. So... How much testing have you done with this deck? Because it seems like a pretty jank deck. I don't know if it's great against the whole field. Uh, I've actually done a fair amount of testing with this deck. I've gone to a couple different tournaments. Now, these weren't the biggest tournaments in the world or anything, but, you know, they were other people who had other decks. Yeah. Who were not just my friends. And then I've, of course, played against my friends. Yeah, you, quite I, a lot. I've, I've played, you've played against me quite a bit. 
so we got three Hydroid Crisis. I love this card. Card is fucking hilarious. Blue, green, X. You you gain half of X and you draw half of X. Round, round. You do have to round down. Oh no. Oh no, but it's flample. It is a flampler. It is a flampler. It does fly flying and trample, and it can be a big boy. It can be a little boy, and you're you're fine. Yeah. You're good little jellyfish Hydra beast. Yeah. It's a real cute <laughs> card. This next card, I'm almost certain, was designed for Commander. It was 100% designed for Commander, in fact. I have not seen a real Commander deck with this uh, Commander. I know you have one, but that deck is not real, it, and it, it's cute. It exists in my backpack. It's as real as anything. Yeah, yeah, but you know that this card was not... I don't think this card was meant to see play in Standard. I didn't think they ever thought it would be considered for Standard. But it fact. is seeing here's play. two of them. Yeah, there's two in this uh, list. Kenrith, the Return King. Yeah, so it's four and a white for a five 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 mana five five. We're already at like at rate, I suppose. You're if this right. was magic However... ten years ago, uh, for a mythic, this would be good magic ten years ago. But then it also has some abilities which interact interestingly enough with the fires of invention. So you can pay a red. All creatures gain haste in, until end of turn. And trample. And, and trample. Digging handle. Don't forget the trample. Yeah, one and a green. You put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Pretty good. Two and a white. Target player gains five life. Maybe you can run it in tainted control. I could. Who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Uh, three and a blue. Target player draws a card. And four and a black. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. Now, you know, this is probably fine. Like, you're not actually casting anything with this deck, right? Everything is just off of the fires of invention, so you have all of your mana. Open yeah, you do have abilities. to use your mana for things, so... That seems like it's just pretty a way good to, to me. Dump man into stuff. Can you can uh, let me read Fires of Invention just so I yeah. can have a better understanding of how it works with Hydroid Crisis? Okay, so you can cast spells only during your turn, and you can cast no more than two spells each turn. So it limits you into yeah. ca casting at sorcery speed. It's a little better than like uh, as foretold. Than I was thinking of the Lighthouse. Um, or Arcane Labyrinth. Ar no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Rooftop Storm. No, not Rooftop Storm. Arcane not, Laboratory is what I was thinking about. Is it Arcane Laboratory? Arcane Laboratory. Okay. So, you can... <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> you may cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost. You no, know, it's a tiny omniscience. Okay. Very, very tiny omniscience. So you actually can't cast the Hydroid Crisis under the Fire's Invention for any kind of value. Well, not for free. You can still... You can choose to still cast it by tapping lands the old-fashioned way. Oh, you may cast spells. Yeah, oh, you may. This card is awesome. <laughs> this card is really cool. I like this card a lot. I should maybe run this in Commander. I have four growth spirals. Ah, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? This has been a this has been an all-star since the moment it got printed. I mean, I can't go wrong with Sud McKinnon my stuff anyway. Yeah, his artwork beautiful. is beautiful. This is this is some masterful artwork. I do like this. Yeah. Uh, we got two time wipes. You need a board wipe. Uh, I mean, yeah. And you have a lot of creatures in the deck, so I guess time, bouncing a thing with time wipe, not yeah. that big of a deal. And then you can just cast it again for free. And then we have four copies of Casualties of War. You know what I have? I have like six of these in my bulk box. It's a good card. I don't know. I don't know about paying six mana to destroy... I guess you get to destroy each one of these things. Yeah, you can destroy an artifact, a creature, enchantment, land, and a planeswalker. But how often are you destroying all these things? Most of the time it's like... Creature, land, maybe Planeswalker. Yeah, but is that really bad at six mana? I'm not playing it at sorcery speed, but you can. And uh, they're playing four, so I'm clearly the one who's wrong here. <laughs> Very clearly I'm the one who's wrong, but I'm not a big fan of the card. 
Uh, so the mana base seems pretty standard. You got your checks, you got your basics. Yeah, nothing really temples. interesting in there. Uh, they have only one castle, uh, just the Scry Castle, Castle Ventress. Enters the battlefield tapped unless you control an island. This deck does seem to have a lot of islands. Oh, we yeah. do have uh, shock lands in standard. One of each basic land in this deck. Is it just one? Yep, just wow. one of each basic That's land. bold. Well, this I guess there's no Blood Moon in this format. So and this Fable really Passage. Oh, they're running three Fable Passage. Okay. I guess they only have five basic lands. This makes sense. I do like this list a lot. Yeah. Let's see their sideboard. Aether Gust. What is this card? Aether Gust. One in a blue instant. Choose target spell or permanent that's red or green. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of its library. So they get to choose. They get to choose. Okay, but then you get to tuck the thing. That's interesting. Um, I would say that this would deal with Oko, but we're living in a post-Oko world. Yeah. Uh, I do like this card a lot, though. It deals with a lot of things, and... Yeah. It, I do, I, you know me, I like eight cards. Choke's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> you horrible uh, person. Yeah, well, sometimes you just gotta make sure your opponent chokes. <laughs> what else do we got here? Devout Decree. Exile target creature or planeswalker that's red or black. Scry one. Now, we were just talking about Celestial Purge earlier in, yes. your, in your deck. Do you yes. think that this card is better than Celestial Purge? I mean, it's more what you want. Celestial Purge... Uh, and Devout Decree, they have the same mana cost, but Celestial Purge is an instant. It also only deals with creatures. It does only deal with creatures, and is an instant. This one does scry one that is a sorcery, because there, there's trade-offs. It's definitely not... I don't think that there's one card that is just strictly better than the other, but they both would be used in the, same, the almost exact same situation. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this card's strictly better. Not strictly better, but... I would be I would rather be running Devout Decree than I would be Celestial Perch. At least in this deck for sure. Uh, because well, this deck forces you to play on your turn, so instant speed is kinda useless. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I I think that the ability to kill a planeswalker, especially right now, in even in modern, is kinda huge. In modern is where the that Celestial Perch nice. sees play. It's not like it sees play in any other format. We're not playing it in Legacy yet. We're not playing it in Vintage. Wait, just wait for it. When the when a Grixis deck comes out and is good, when people finally start running Kess in, uh, in Legacy again, that's when it's going to be great. What else we got here? Flame Sweep. Is that just... Yeah, it's just a Pyroclasm effect, except it doesn't hit your flying creatures. It hits your creatures, just not if they fly. What, what, what does he have here that's flying? Does he have anything? He has Hydroid Crisis. That's right? the most yeah, important yeah. thing. That's it. Who cares? It doesn't hit your crisis. Yeah. Well, I think most importantly, it's it's a pyroclasm effect. I mean, yeah. And I think Wizards has shown us that they would prefer to print pyroclasms instead of being at two mana. They prefer to make them three mana, but instant speed. Yeah. For example, we have volcanic fallout. We had the pirate one. Um, um, oh yeah, that from one from Ixalan that saw a lot of play at the time actually yeah. as a as a sweeper, and they got flame sweep. So that's pretty good. I like that all. And then we have, <laughs> this is a spicy one. When I say spicy, I mean it's all over standard, but it's also all over legacy. It's mystical dispute. It's two in the blue to mana link something. Counter target spell and controller plays three. But if it targets a blue spell, it only costs one blue. And I don't think you can get a better rate than that. One blue to counter a blue spell and they yeah. have to pay three? Flusterstorm is still just one and two, not one and three. Yeah, but Spell Pierce is one and two. Also Spell Pierce. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for the sake of formats like... Well, you can never print Flusterstorm into Standard. I don't even think well, Flusterstorm no. would be good in Standard. Probably not. It would just be a force spike. They've printed Flusterstorm into Modern, and it's not good in Modern either. 
Yeah. People are running Spellpierce in Modern still. Uh, also blue right now, not the hottest color in Modern, but... <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. It's probably better for the format. Two negates, I mean, the, this is a standard all-star. Yeah. It's always in standard. Return to nature. Destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. That... It's kind of dank, actually. I like that a lot. Okay, what is that card? Tulsimir Friend to Wolves. Uh, Tulsimir Friend to Wood. So, uh, Friend to Wolves. So, I'm personally a very, very big fan of this card. I Why? I like to I like dogs. So, I, I had a doggo deck in Commander. It's now uh, uh, an Oathbreaker deck. It, it's very nice. Oh, the Arlen deck. Yeah. That Arlen's used to be... It used to be... It used to be Naya. And, uh, okay. So, Tulsimir Friend of, to Wolves... Very spicy for wolves, obviously. Uh, it's a 3-3 three, three elf scout that costs 2 green-green-white. It's a legendary creature. You have a 5-mana 3-3. Three, three. Alright. And when it enters the battlefield, you make a 3-3 three, three green-and-white wolf that's legendary named Voja, friend to elves. And whenever a wolf enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 3 life, and that creature fights something. Okay, I'm more on board with this card than I thought it was. Because I saw five mana three three and tore up the card. Not not literally, but in my mind, I'm like this is no. garbage. But it's actually five mana for six power and six toughness, and it fights a thing and gains three life. I suppose. Yeah. Um, this card, not the worst, not the best either. Uh, um, at the worst, it is a five mana three three that Helix is a creature. Okay. I. All right, you win. No, you win. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the card now. I'm not I'm not low on this card anymore. It's pretty good. Uh, so, this deck list, this is like, a, like, it feels like a big mana control deck, but without using the mana, which is crazy. Because yeah. if you look at it, the growth spiral feeds the Fires of Invention, despite the fact you're not using your mana, which is so bizarre. I think cards like Fires of Invention are, are cards that Wizards prints into standard, and they get right. Like, Fire's Invention feels right to me. It, it, it's a fair four-mana Omniscience. It's castable, unlike Omniscience. Yes. The number of times that, like, Omniscience only comes into play in Commander... And or Legacy. In Legacy. I, yeah, I've show, trust me, I've show-and-telled my fair share of Omniscience as oh, a play. Oh, trust me, I've lost to that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've show-and-telled my fair share of Omniscience as a play. I like, you know, I like show-and-tell. Tony likes his sneak and show. You know. So, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm very familiar with Omniscience. But this is... This is this is no omniscience. I'm not showing telling this into play, but I will no. hardcast this. I will hardcast this. Yeah, especially this deck it. seems to like do it on turn three. Well, let's say you go, you know, turn one you play a land, turn two you can grow spiral. Now you're at three mana. Yeah. And well, you're gonna be grow spiraling on their turn most likely too, because it's an instant. And then on your third turn, That's you're slamming your land. Three. <laughs> yeah, you're you're playing the third land and you're and off then, the races. But what are you what are you doing with it? What are you doing before? You can cast a Teferi. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to cast a Teferi into an empty board. You can also get out there uh, the adventure part of a Beanstalk Giant. Oh, it does cast adventures. Yes. Wow. That's a big wow. <laughs> it is an important wow, too, because then that also ramps you even further beyond. That's a big wow. I like this a lot. All right, all right. This is This deck is pretty spicy, so this is five-color... Fires. All right. So when I go to my LGS next, uh, I know what I'm gonna be putting together is five color fires. This looks like a lot of fun. Okay. All right. All right. So 
we got uh, we got a couple new sets coming up. Do you, do you hear about them? Uh, I heard a little bit about them. Uh, I've been trying to avoid spoilers as like all of one of them has been spoiled pretty much. Is that true? Uh, that's what it seems like, at least. Again, I'm avoiding it. Okay, <laughs> so. I I don't look at spoilers because in when I started playing Magic, I was like, whoa, look at the spoiler, and everybody's like, that's not real, that's not real. So I stay away from spoilers just because I don't want to be fooled by cards that aren't real. I don't want to get, I don't want to be excited for a card that doesn't exist. Yeah, and I like to avoid it because when uh, Wizards spoils things, they spoil things in a specific order to try and get you hyped for the set. Yeah, for a specific reason. When they want you to see them, uh, having to do with story reasons as well, and you know, when you just see the whole set, you're not getting the full impact. Yeah, I, Dominaria, I couldn't help myself but to look at that full spoiler when it came out, and I think that if I didn't look at that full spoiler, I would have been so much more excited for Dominaria, because Dominaria had some amazing cards and amazing references in it. Yeah. And I think if I would have saw the full card with the full art instead of that stupid PDF, I, that, that set would have changed me as a Magic player, but unfortunately... We live in this timeline. <laughs> so, but speaking of spoilers, because, uh, that's a segue. <laughs> speaking of spoilers, do you know who's getting a spoiler card, allegedly? I do not. Do you know Christine Sprinkle? Uh, I have heard of her, but I don't know much about her. So she's, uh, she was a Magic cosplayer who left the Magic community, unfortunately. Uh, she's an amazing cosplayer, she's done... Uh, just like absolutely amazing work. She's done Archangel Avison, she's done Nyssa, she's done Chandra, she's an amazing, amazing cosplayer. I've, uh, I'm gonna pull up some for you to look at. And. Uh, oh wow! Oh Jesus! Yeah, Ooh. look at that. Look at the detail on that Chandra. This is. Look at her Archangel Avison. Yeah. That is so nice. And I don't want to get into too much detail about what happened, but. Neckbeards be neckbeards and don't know how to behave around women. So, uh, <laughs> they, especially I'm starting to understand the picture. <laughs> yeah, Ma the magic community has some issues, and sometimes I think it's problematic in the magic community that it, it, you know it's a pretty male dominated game. What? Oh yeah, oh. it's a big it's a big shocker, isn't it? It it doesn't need to be, but it is, and I I think that there's a it's. I've tried to introduce, you know, girls I've dated or even friends of mine to to magic. And when you take them to a card shop, you have a bunch of these of, the, of these guys that kind of swarm around them and make them feel uncomfortable. But come on, guys, they're 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 people first. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of shocking sometimes for us to see uh, a woman playing magic, but it yeah. really shouldn't be that much of it shouldn't be that big of a deal. We have. We have a lot of them that play. We have, you know, we have Erin Campbell, and she's amazing. We had Emma Handy. I mean, both of them are both trans women, but they're excellent. They're still women. They're still excellent magic players. Yeah. And I don't think that we should have that kind of issue in this community. I, it's, like, I know it's current year, but it's 2020. Please have some sense, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just because someone doesn't have a penis... Doesn't yeah, make it special that they're playing magic. Yeah, no, they're they're people. People play magic. This is a game for people. I I'm I'm very happy to hear that Christine Sprankle is gonna get a a card to to preview, and I really really hope that she gets to preview in the new Elspeth, which unfortunately has been leaked. 
I haven't seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen it. Uh, I I haven't read the card, but I know it's been leaked. Okay. I, I hope that she's the one who's allowed to preview that. It's a little unfortunate that it's been leaked, and a person as awesome as Christine herself uh, would be, pre- you know, previewing a leaked card. Maybe they won't give her Elspeth. Maybe they'll give her something else. But I would love for her to preview the new Elspeth. I think that would be amazing. Because you look at this Elspeth cosplay. Yeah, like, she... Mm. <laughs> it's awesome. It's It looks amazing. Look at the detail, all the work that goes yeah, into it. Yeah, like, she has all of the, the, the chain mail perfectly, and all of the, like, inscriptions just in her armor, just, just it's beautiful. It, it, is, it is truly perfect. I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited for this. I can't state that enough. I am super, super excited to have Christine back in the magic community, and I'm, I, like, I, I have a, a signed copy of Anissa... Just you know, that's actually signed by Christine Sprinkle. Oh. I don't, I don't want to talk about who I had to pay to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about how, what I had to go through to get that. But it was totally worth it. I'm so happy I have it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, you know, it's pretty great. Uh, anything you want to add before we end the episode, Cody? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, you're gonna get your ass destroyed by some life gain. I would really like. <laughs> To see you try. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, this is the first episode of the Chuckle Flux podcast. Uh, we will have our contact info and the deck tech link in the description. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and hopefully, if anybody's listening, if anybody's listening, I don't know. Uh, and I hope you have a good time. And just remember, the London Mulligan makes Tron way better. That's why do you remember me of that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good.